Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Um, hello. Welcome to Just Laying. I'm one half of uh, the Buffy fangirl dream team, Caitlin and Hannah. I myself am Hannah. And this is my co-host, the Marvelous. Hi, <laughs> I'm <Caitlin>. Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we should probably try to introduce the show before we get five minutes in just gabbing about other stuff. I guess so. I do like the other strategy, but I'm open. We should uh, pander to the listeners uh, so they know what they're listening to. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of feedback so far, so we need to really listen to it, incorporate it. Yeah, what what feedback have we gotten so far? No, we haven't gotten any feedback. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone's happy. Uh, Our podcast is perfect. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I know people are listening. I see the numbers. (laughs) Excellent. Should we jump right into Buffy? Oh, let's freaking do it. Okay. I'm going to start. Wait, let's let's just start with a quick recap of the last episode. Oh, yeah. It was about Angel. Angel and Buffy. And she discovered he's a vampire and killed his whole family. But he has a soul now. Whatever. Yeah, we watched. I guess that's it. (laughs) We watched that episode. And then um, it felt like, you know, the show was really starting. Like, Buffy is here and then now we're back to filler, kind of. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm here for it. I do like, well, I don't love this episode, but I can appreciate it. I love it. Oh. It's time to get into Willow's love life. Xander had the shamantis. Yes. Buffy had oatmeal and angel oh, at this she, she point. She too, yeah. And now it's Willow's turn. Yes. I do like that we're focusing on Willow now. Let me read the synopsis of this episode. Let's do it. Into the great wide open... Buffy and Giles face a demon spirit who has been trapped since the Dark Ages and is unleashed into cyberspace. Meanwhile, Willow has fallen for a cyber bow whom she Mm -hmm. met online, and Xander and Buffy are wary of who this anonymous wooer may turn out to be. This episode aired on April 28, 1997. Also, it's called I, Robot, You, Jane. All right, jump Uh, in. Yeah, well, let's, let's go. Let's do this thing. Okay, so... Um, way open in Cortona, Italy in the year 1418 and, uh, in, in Italian with subtitled English, uh, for me, you know, a young man named Carlo is called upon and with a sly smile on his face, he takes a few paces forward to greet the caller. It is a very stereotypical looking demon. His skin is green and scaly like a lizard and he's got long curled horns his eyes are red, his teeth long and sharp, and he has a large nose with even larger nostrils. <laughs> he looks quite reptilian. Yeah, he's pretty pretty demon-like. I would like to say, hmm. do you think it's a thing that the vampires wear yellow contacts and the demons wear red contacts? Is it true for all vampires and all demons? I don't. How Let's many demons have we seen so far? I think this is the first. Is it? Yeah. Well, right. there was that... Oh, there was that slasher guy during what, the, the teacher teacher's pet. The forkhand? He was a vampire, though. Was the oh forkhands was a vampire? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is our first demon. Is the shamantis okay. a demon? I mean, she's not just a large bug. <laughs> she's a. I don't know. Can demons shapeshift? I don't know. Let's look into that one. Okay, yeah, we'll look into that. Okay, and, this is the first demon that I can think of. Yes, definitely the most stereotypical looking one too. So yeah, he asks uh, Mia me, right? Which translates as, do you love me in Italian? Which, But it totally sounds like he says, 
you know, Miami, like, welcome to Miami. Me, oh my, Miami. So he goes on, he says, I can give you everything, and all I want is your love. And the young man responds, you have my love. And the demon smiles and then growls as he twists the poor boy's neck and kills him. Well, see where this is going. So uh, we cut to a group of men in robes, uh, monks, I suppose, and they look like they're ready to uh, riot. They all have, like, torches (laughs) aflame, and one of them declares... It is Moloch, the corrupter. He walks again, clearly referring to the demon. He describes how people have fallen under his mesmerizing power, and it is time to bind him. He opens a large book, and as the other hooded men encircle him, he recites in Italian from what looks like a completely blank page, by the power of the circle of Calus. And then as they're starting to chant, the demon senses their spellcasting, Moloch, as we've learned his name. He's um, mad. Yeah, he's not happy about it. Uh, <laughs> they're chanting, like, by the power of the circle of Kalos, I command you, demon, come. And they just kind of repeat that. Or he does, I don't know. So they're summoning this bad guy, and he is screaming in agony as the spellcaster repeats his command. He says, come, come. The demon dissolves, like, into bits. I don't know. He kinda, and Well, he dissolves into symbols, I guess, and letters, because be- he becomes a part of the book. It's like he's become computer code. Yeah. <laughs> wow, way before it's time. <laughs> um, so that once empty book is now filled with symbols in some ancient language. I don't know. Spell class. That's definitely the- Italian. I can tell. No, it's not, not Italian. Not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ancient Sumerian or uh, something. That's always Sumerian. Well, the spellcaster closes the book. The front of the book even has a nice little kind of gold drawing thing of the demon. So you know who's in there. <laughs> Who this book is. And then he puts the book in a box and then hopes that no one shall ever read from this book again lest the demon Moloch will be loose in the world once more. Fingers crossed. So some 580 years later, uh, Buffy opens the same box and pulls out that book. Uh, she pulls it out and sarcastically exclaims, Oh great, a book! So we're in the library, and we see Giles. He says it's a new arrival, and she kind of grimaces as she blows dust from the book. A yet-to-be-known character, Dave, in a red and white baseball team, offers to take it from her. She instructs him to put it in the willow pile, and we also see Xander and some other guy here. And also, there's a woman. What is this, a nerd club? I mean, clearly. We're all sitting How around computers. This- how did this book fall into the hands of Buffy and Sunnydale? How did it go from Portland to Italy to Sunnydale High? Yeah, seriously. I so many questions. I didn't even think about that. How did that book get here? Well, I guess it's just Giles' book. I guess, yeah, if Giles is a watcher, he probably has some dark mystical stuff, and maybe he's just unpacking. Hmm. Seems a little irresponsible of him. Yeah. Well, uh, Giles says, after I examine that book, then you can skim it. And then the woman who walked in, she says, scan it, Rupert, scan it. So uh, while, while she is beautiful, Giles is unimpressed with the activity they're doing right now. <laughs> of course, he says in a mocking tone. They kind of go back and forth a little bit, kind of uh, biting at each other, but also they're just kind of flirting. Um, uh, Giles addresses her as Miss Calendar. Some kid sitting at a computer chimes in. 
about their argument about how you know miss calendar says computers are the future giles says no books are better and some kid is like the printed page is obsolete and he has a super punchable face <laughs> he goes on to say he says the only reality is virtual you are not jacked in you're not alive which <laughs> so he picks up some books and then he walks off and he looks pretty peeved and miss calendar names him as fritz and thanks him for making them all sound like crazy people, which he definitely did. Definitely. Yeah, I don't like this Fritz guy. Um, Strong opinions. Yeah, he's. I don't like hit the tra- the path he's on right here. Well, maybe he'll end up being a great character. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. Unless that cover's got a demon on it. The printed page is obsolete. <laughs> so, uh, Miss Calendar is making her case for the net. Giles remains unimpressed, um, but she suggests they wrap up for the day. So, Xander is like, okay, ready to go. Let's do it. And Willow asks if he wants to stay because she's going to s- stick around. She's just got a few more and then she'll wrap up. So, Willow asks Xander to stay. And by the way, he's wearing a shirt that says Porn Star on it. Very porn classy. Porn Star. Yeah. I wasn't going to let that go. Oh, he's gross. Yeah. He says, Willow, I love you, but bye. Oh, Giles also is going to stay and help clean up. He says, I'll be in the Middle Ages. And Miss Calendar retorts, did you ever leave? That was a nice one. Good one, Miss C. I like this foxy new teacher. I know. We haven't seen her before, have we? No. I like her. She's Mm -hmm. got cute hair. Yeah, she's a babe. Uh, Let's see. So some time passes and Willow is still scanning some books. And uh, we see that she's scanning the same page that our demon Moloch was trapped in and as oh, it's no. i know as it's scanned in the characters disappear from the book pages so i guess the computer has now read them and she puts the book away the computer screen goes black and then text appears and it says where am i question mark <gasps> ominous music plays and we cut to the opening credits so what do you think so far i love it i love i love this high-tech scanner thing that willow is using she's not just scanning the book in; she's kind of swooshing it over the page and it's just scanning as she goes yeah it's like i don't even know i have never seen that kind of scanner actually i'm used to the kind where you you know you put flip the book upside down and then you press the button and it scans it but this is like the book is right side up and then you like use the little i don't and know somehow even though somehow even though she can't read it she knows it's not like left to right text she knows it's up to down text like like chinese characters mm. Did she know that? I don't know. She seems to be scanning it the right way. Or maybe that's just how you scan every page. Oh, yeah. But it looked like she had to do two passes over this book page because it's quite large. Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter how it's scanned in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm impressed. I'm worried about the fate of the gang. I know. And I'm turned on by Miss Calendar. <laughs> that's okay, that's where we're at. So after the credits, uh, we're in the hallway and Buffy is calling Willow's name and she's trying to run up and catch up to her. She's wearing like a a small white tank top with like a cat or something on it and a black miniskirt. Her hair is in a high pony and she's wearing a small red backpack. Any notes on that? I have no notes on Sarah Michelle Gellar's outfit except that I don't really like it. You don't like it? No. No, me neither. It's un it's under accessorized, I think. It's not very flashy for Buffy. It looks like she's going to gym class or something. It's also Except that she's wearing a mini skirt and knee high boots. Oh, I didn't notice the boots. It is too much skin though. 
I think she should either be wearing a tank top or a miniskirt, but not mm. both. Yeah, I agree. And the cat looks weird, and she shouldn't wear that shirt. She wore a shirt like that last episode, and she has yet to wear another shirt like that with a little animal printed on it. I think last episode there was a little yeah. bunny on one of her shirts. Well, so there's with all the animal? I know. There's another one later. These shirts. All right. Well, let's put yeah, I think this is a passing trend here. Mm. A fad. What about Willow's will. outfit? Flowery skirt, black tights, fleece. Yeah blue jacket pink headband pretty standard willow nothing remarkable except that it's it's not a good outfit no it's not a good outfit but it's not her worst yeah willow rarely wears good outfits at this point in time i mean i do kind of like her skirt except what kind of fabric is that i don't know normal i guess church yeah she does well anyway willow's looking giddy and buffy's saying that she couldn't get a hold of Willow last night when she was trying to call her, and Willow admits that she was just talking, you know, but she's got a smile on her face. Buffy calls her out for her secret and says it's not okay for her to have a secret. Willow seems reluctant to tell her, but with very minimal prodding, uh, she admits that she has met someone. And it seems we've jumped ahead a week because Willow has apparently been chatting with this person uh, for one week's time. Yeah, I think so. I'm so happy for her. I know. She deserves love. Finally. Can we please talk about what's in yes. Willow's locker when yes. she opens it? There's a photograph of her and Giles. Mm-hmm. There's a Sunnydale High School like flag banner, the Sunnydale Razorbacks. And there's a pink flyer that says Big Elf, which has like a derby mm-hmm. car printed on it. I don't know what those kind of cars, like a boxcar race car. Yeah big uh music buff i guess but the most hilarious thing is the photograph of her and the librarian <laughs> they're both just like looking at the camera awkwardly like why <laughs> is that who took that picture why did willow put it in her locker <laughs> so many questions i hope nobody sees it because she'll just be mocked yes it's yeah people are definitely already talking about how they're all hanging out with the librarian all the time do you think so yeah wouldn't you know maybe Mm. they're maybe they think buffy is trying to reform herself so as not to get kicked out of yet another school she is hanging out with nerds willow is a known nerd yeah who would presumably hang out in the library and xander i don't know he's out of place in this scenario i think xander's considered a nerd too Mm? maybe okay uh as buffy porn star shirt (laughs) yeah yeah he's (laughs) he's a different kind of nerd than willow yeah exactly what does Willow say about Malcolm? Well, Buffy is peppering her with questions. She says, uh, does he go here? What's his name? Have you kissed him? What's he like? And Willow says, no, Malcolm, no, and very nice. Buffy can't even believe Willow hasn't told her, which, true that, a whole week? Yeah, what? that's true. Yeah, I can't believe Willow's been keeping the secret. She's go- so good at secrets. Um, Willow says they talked all night, and he's so smart, romantic, and they agree about everything. Buffy, yeah, that was Buffy's reaction. She goes, aw, and then asks what he looked like, and Willow says, I don't know, and then walks away, (laughs) and Buffy's, like, super confused. So then we are in the computer lab. One of the boys we saw from the library scanning in books with everyone, uh, Dave, he says to his computer, yes, I will, I promise, which is strange. Oh, yeah, here, we get a good good shot of Buffy's shirt, and it's, like, a pink 
winking cat that's sparkly. Oh, that's a bad trick. It is. Anyway. It's a little pearl necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy and Willow walk into the computer lab. Buffy's super confused that Willow doesn't care what he looks like. Willow says she met him online, um, which it's even more confusing for Buffy because, you know, Buffy's attractive and doesn't need to meet people online. So, and then we see Miss Calendar walk in. Uh, she's got a coffee in hand and some groovy sunglasses and some mighty fine crimped hair. She looks, she looks great. Bit, she looks great, but she looks a bit frazzled. She's kind of got like a... Oh, oh yeah. Fucking hurry. That crimped hair is definitely party hair from last night. She was out a little oh, late. Oh my god, she was. That's mm-hmm. why she was wearing sunglasses. <gasps> she's hungover. Oh, she's so cool. Oh, she's the coolest teacher, man. So she asks Buffy if she has somewhere to be, because apparently Buffy's not in this class. Um, but Buffy says she this, this is her fe- her free period, and Miss Calendar says that's great, make it quick because we all work to do. She's so, the coolest. <laughs> so I guess Buffy will not be here for this. So we see Willow at her computer, and she opens her email inbox and uh, has an email from Malcolm, and it says, "I'm thinking of you." So sweet. Buffy is skeptical. Uh, and she's Willow also, is smitten. Yes. Buffy's also a little condescending. And um, she says to Willow, it's great you have this little pen pal, but don't you think you're rushing into this? And Willow gets a really intense look on her face, trying to think of a response to Malcolm. She like hasn't even heard what Buffy said. Buffy's trying to be the voice of reason, and Willow is not happy about that. She just says, I knew you'd act like this. Buffy's just trying to be a good friend. But then we see the perspective of the webcam that's attached to this computer and the little red light is on. So um, indicating it is in fact powered on and streaming. So we cut to the perspective of it and we see a pixelated version of the girls and it's zooming in on Buffy's face. And we see a different computer scrolling through student records and then Buffy's pops up. So we get some details about her, which changes a little bit. So the first time we see her record, first time we see her record, it's October 24th, 1980. Yeah. And she's a sophomore. And her GPA is 3.4, but that changes as well. Yeah. Like immediately, like there's no time in between these two screens. I don't know. This is a pretty big continuity error because then it goes to like her birthday is May 6, 1979, right? Status... Uh, she's senior? a senior, but she's really a sophomore. Yeah, right? before it said sophomore, now it says senior. What was her GPA before? Three point four, and now it's dropped to a two point eight. Yeah. So, so, what do you think is the correct one? Which is her real birthday? Um, I think it's nineteen eighty one. It's definitely not seventy nine. Okay. Because in nineteen seventy nine, that would make her twenty in nineteen ninety nine, which is when she's supposed to be graduating high school. So okay. it might even be eighty one. Well, we'll see. Hmm. But this is a very good photo of Buffy, and clearly taken, like, outside. Well, I'm going to say it almost looks candid, but I'm just wondering where they got that photo. I think they just take their student photos very seriously, and they just set up each new student up with a photo shoot outside. Oh, Oh, okay. I respect that. (laughs) Um, It's California. So what happened is there was two flashes of her, um, what's it called? Her... File, student file student file um and so the second time we saw the flash it was actually on fitz's screen who was the kid we also saw when their scan sesh and he was the one who made them look like crazy people yeah the printed page is obsolete yeah okay he's weird yeah so and then the screen goes black and the text says watch her and fitz wait fritz 
Fritz? Yeah. Fritz looks pleased. Ooh. I think I go back and forth between calling, calling him Fitz and Fritz because neither of those are real names. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fritz is German? Hmm. That's true. It's not real. Mm, Moving on. <laughs> so Willow spouts off some facts at Buffy about Malcolm. His full name is Malcolm Black. He's 18. He lives in Elmwood, which is about 80 miles from Sunnydale, and he likes her. Buffy keeps prodding about his physical appearance, appearance, and Willow responds, why does everything have to be about looks? Willow says they really care about each other, but Buffy is just trying to be a good friend. Yeah. So Miss Calendar walks up to... F- Fritz and says uh, that he and Dave seem to be logging a lot of computer time and Fritz responds new project just like really short with her and she says will I be excited he said you'll die all right so now we cut to outside and we see a student sitting on a staircase with uh, an old ass laptop and is that not Dave I thought that was Dave is that I think that's just some random person okay it's an average looking student with the oldest laptop that's ever been made the only older version is like clay tablets (laughs) yeah i didn't even know there were laptops in 1998 they were like widely available but i've never seen a laptop like this before no this is the first soup's old but he says this isn't my report and he reads from it uh nazi germany was the motto of a well-ordered society and he said i didn't write that who's been in my files (laughs) who's been in my files he says so willow comes traipsing along and uh xander kind of is a little tricky with her and he puts his hand over her eyes and says guess who and she's like not that interested in that because she's so over xander it's all about malcolm 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 he says they should go to the bronze night and she says no i'm not not that into that he says oh it's malcolm yeah well you're missing out, but she doesn't care. And then uh, she walks away, and Buffy bops up and observes. Um, she looks perky. Also, is that she's wearing? Buffy's wearing a leather jacket. I don't think that's Angel's leather jacket, though. No, because it fits her perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> just must be a different leather jacket. Did you notice the notice board behind them? No. The, like the school notice board. There's just a flyer that says "School Spirit, School Spirit, School Spirit" over <laughs> and over on it. <laughs> Gotta fill that up I somehow. Make out, I couldn't make up any of the other text, but that yeah. was my favorite one. <laughs> oh man, how great would it have been? I'm looking at like all these extras in the background. How cool would it have been to have been an extra at Sunnydale High when you're like, oh, that'd be know, amazing. 25 years old. Do you think they had to wear their own clothes in the 90s, or do you think they were given wardrobe? That's a good question. I mean, what is true now? I feel like you just wear your own clothes as an extra. Right? Probably. Unless you're on like a, a period yeah, yeah, film of course. set or like a sci-fi one. Yeah, I guess it depends. If I could go back in time and be an extra for Buffy, I would just go up and like, sniff Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> That's how you do it. Fucking <laughs> <I can> creep. <laughs> no, I'd just grab her ponytail and run away. Yeah, not in a weird way. What would you do if you were an extra on set? Mm. you just be running around like I'm in Buffy <laughs> Buffy <laughs> I'd want to be which season would I want to be in I don't know I don't know probably sixth season because I like the trio ooh, ooh. but also we'll that wasn't about the trio one day <laughs> we'll get there I'd like to have a walk on vampire role 
Oh, yeah, you get yellow contacts and scary teeth. <gasps> yeah. That actually sounds like you'd probably be pretty uncomfortable, but worth it. I would do it for Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, definitely do it for the pics. Actually, I'd want to do it during season seven because I want to meet Nathan Fillion. Ooh. Even though I feel like there's been some bad stuff said about him. We'll get into that in season seven. All right. Yeah, let's go back to this episode. What's happening with Buffy and Xander? Buffy and Xander are talking about Willow um, kind of exchanging their concerns about her. So Xander something like, you're just jealous. Yes. Uh, Willow's got a thing and you've been left hanging. Yeah, Buffy's basically calling Xander out about Mm. Xander is for sure jealous. And he's like, no, it's not like that. I don't like Willow like that. But Buffy's like, yeah, but you got used to being the center of attention, which he did. And he doesn't disagree, but he also does express concern about who Malcolm could be, which is he could be anyone. Thus introducing the concept of catfishing. Actually, I looked this up. The word for catfishing didn't exist. Like the modern term for catfishing didn't exist until 2010. Hmm, what prompted it? First of all, there was a, a work of fiction about like a myth of a, a catfish that was written in the early 1900s, I think 1913. But it, the term wasn't used until a 2010 documentary came out called Catfish. Yeah, but why is it so, called catfishing? Because there was a, I think the original like fiction work in the early 1900s was about a catfish that was supposed to be one kind of fish but it turned out to be just another crappy like bottom feeder that hmm. somebody was trying to sell okay that fits i only read the wikipedia page so i didn't really research that hard okay. it's just like um gaslighting you know the term comes from some old movie where he literally gaslit his wife into thinking the gas was lit but it wasn't or something yeah i think it's literally from like yeah. i think the literal term is from that original work of fiction yeah but, uh yeah, it didn't exist in this day and age, so they can't call it what it is. Well, but Willow's being catfished. Yes, the concept is not new, though. Um, have think. you ever been catfished, Hannah? No, not that I know of. Oh, well, that's good. What about you? No, I haven't. I had a, a roommate who we lived together way after it, it happened, but she just came to me one time and she's like, "I think I just realized." I got catfished in college. I was like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> and she said, yeah, I was. I had a boyfriend in college for like four years and we never met and we only ever talked on the phone. And I am just now realizing I think he was not who he said he was. Four years? <laughs> Something like that. I was like, what? damn, girl. I would never, like, I used to be on OkCupid. Okay and I would never talk to anyone after like a week if we didn't meet in person because I just wanted to see who they were. Oh, yeah. No point in dragging out those conversations. No. Like you can't even tell if you have real charisma until you meet someone. Totally. Yeah. I remember right. I, I is like when I first started online dating, it was like, you know, yeah, it was like the first month of it. And I went back and forth with this guy and we wrote a lot to each other. And then when I met him and I was like, nah, I'm not into it. Boring. Yeah, you gotta meet somebody right away because yeah. you just don't know. He's a nice guy. I'm way better uh, online than I am in person because I can actually think about what I'm gonna say, whereas when I'm speaking, I just everything that comes out is stupid. Yeah, I just sound like an idiot. As you'll note in this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
It's my. <laughs> All right, back to the yep. <clears throat> I know. Well, it's being catfished. We don't like yeah. it. Well, it's being catfished. Uh, we are now with F- Fritz, and he says, "I'm jacked in," and he's repeating that over and over again as he's staring at a computer. Um, that's kind of just the computer's just kind of spouting nonsense, and he's using a scalpel to carve an M into his arm. Oh my god. Yeah. I actually think he's just looking at math formulas that are scrolling across his screen. They all just look like hard math problems. He's not looking at anything real. I don't know what. He's clearly a troubled boy. Yes. What's he writing in his arm? Oh, he's probably Um, writing Malcolm. All right. Well, now we're in the locker room and Willow comes rushing in and she meets up with Buffy who's wearing, wait, what is her shirt? Is it another fucking animal? It's a bunny. It's a fucking bunny. That looks at least like a gym class outfit. That's acceptable. Yeah, that's a gym shirt, even though it's white, and I wouldn't wear white to the gym. But that's just me. So, yeah, she is telling Buffy she accidentally slept in until fifth period, apparently, which is forever. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Buffy is concerned. Willow is defensive. And she's like, so what? I got a boyfriend. (laughs) Buffy warns Willow not to get too obsessive about him. And Willow says, uh, Malcolm said you wouldn't understand. And Buffy is like, yeah, Malcolm was right. <laughs> Which uh, I appreciate that response. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, her friend's not listening to her. I know. She's expressing genuine concern. Yeah, so we realize that Willow did not oversleep, but she kind of just blew off her classes all morning. Very unlike Willow. I know. I don't like this Malcolm guy. He's having a bad effect on our girl. All right, well, next scene, Jim is over because Buffy is now wearing a tiny little black dress, which is a better look than her previous two outfits. She but, looks great. It's like blue. Maybe it's a blue skirt and a oh, black right. shirt. I think right. the skirt is velvet, and she's wearing a nice little tank top. She's wearing a little belt with her little skirt, too. You're right. Oh, and she's wearing a big ring. It's like a one of those big square rings. I don't know how to describe that. Nobody wears rings like Buffy. She's also wearing. She just does it. Everything she wears is better than what everyone else wears. I know. So anyway, she walks into the computer lab and uh, she sees Dave and she's trying to get his attention and he's startled and asks, "What do you want?" And Buffy asks if it's possible to trace an E letter. She's basically asking, you know, can can you trace an IP address from an email? Uh, Buffy starts explaining her Willow problem and Dave says, "Leave Willow alone." And Puffy's like, are you Malcolm? He says, of course not. And he blows her off, saying he's got work to do. And Buffy says, so do I. And then she walks out, and we also see Fritz on the different computer glaring at Buffy. Ugh, what is his problem? So what's he up to? I don't know. Is his name Fitz or Fritz? I think it's Fritz. Okay, I just don't want to get that wrong the whole time. Well, I'm about to say Fritz for the rest of the episode. Okay, sounds good. So... Let's go with that. Next scene, Buffy is in the library with Giles. And first of all, let's talk about the disorganization of this library because there's stacks of books absolutely <laughs> everywhere. On the stairs, on the tables, on the checkout counter, on the banister. It's, he's, Giles isn't doing a very tidy job as a librarian. Yeah, well, they're in the middle of a huge project. What, just scanning all the books in? Yeah. Okay. All right, fine. I take it all back. It's fine that it's disorganized. It looks great. Yeah. It's, come on. We got work to do. I don't like an untidy library, okay? I get it, but <laughs> we got shit going on. Okay, fine. 
So Buffy tells Giles that there's definitely something going on. It's not just Willow, it's Dave and it's Fritz. And Giles retorts, uh, well, those boys aren't exactly sparkling normal as it is. Uh, And he suggests that she follow Dave to figure out what's really going on. And Buffy questions him, like, do what, with dark sunglasses and a trench coat? Nah, I can work this out myself. (laughs) So we flashed (laughs) the next scene where Dave is flying across the the Sunnydale high lawn and he's getting into some kind of like beige car and there's Buffy standing right there right behind the car with pink rimmed sunglasses and a fuzzy coat (laughs) the collar popped this is not subtle at all it is a cute jacket though I like that looks uh soft she does my cat's making so much noise hold on I'm gonna open the window what are you doing uh, she was playing with a clove garlic. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> like a little vampire hunter. <laughs> oh, she knows. I'd like to talk more about that at some point. Okay. The effectiveness of garlic. Can it be cooked? Does it have to be raw? Um, I don't know any of that. Let's get into another time. Okay. I would like to talk more about vampire lore. Okay, let's do it. One day. Okay, so Buffy is following Dave in his car, not being subtle at all. She was just standing right there while he got in. He probably saw her, but her disguise probably kept him from recognizing who she was. Dave pulls up to a building that just has an address on it. It's like 2950. He pulls into like a like the yard of this building behind a fence, and Buffy is there. I don't know how she got there so fast while he was in a car and she was just on foot, but she's there suspend your disbelief <laughs> she's the slayer she can also run super fast that's right so buffy's looking through the fence into this yard she's kind of shielded behind the side of a garage and she can see a guy in a lab coat there's some boxes like some crates that say made in korea there's a big satellite dish and a sign outside that says crd so she sees dave go inside with the man in the lab coat we don't know what they're doing they walk past a policeman who looks like a, or a security guard who looks like a policeman while there's cameras scanning the premises. And then we flash to a computer of this security camera looking directly at Buffy so they know she's here. Who is looking at this camera footage? It's Fritz. <laughs> and he says, she's too close. What do I do? As he gets a message from the computer, typed out letter by letter, kill her. Kill her. <laughs> And then Fritz so says, Fritz, what does he say? He says, party. Party? I did. Party. I just saw the gross look on his face. It's like resolute yet aroused. I don't know. <laughs> He's showing a lot of warning signs of being a school shooter. Oh, God. This is before all that shit. Come on. All right. Let's not go there. Columbine hasn't even happened yet. Oh, God. Isn't that crazy? A I'm world before Columbine. Out. I don't want to go here. Okay. Back in the library, Buffy is telling Giles and Xander that whatever Dave is up to, it's big. All she knows is that the name of the place was called CRD. And Xander mentions that it's Calix Research and Development Lab, who was the largest employer in Sunnydale until it closed down last year. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. funny. It closed down because it looked pretty open from where I stood, Buffy is saying. (laughs) What the heck are they doing? Xander's wondering what they need Dave for. Buffy says, oh, it's something about computers, right? 
like he's off the charts smart. High school smart or like Calix Research and Development Lab smart? Well, clearly the latter. Yeah, I suppose I know. so. This kid's going to... He's going to be rolling in it by the time he's 25. He's off the charts. Buffy knows something is wrong. Their spider sense is tingling. Giles doesn't know what that means because he doesn't understand any <laughs> pop culture references. Yeah, they really hammer that in. Giles is saying something like, well, we still don't know what's going on. And short of breaking in, I don't know. But Buffy, the sweet, mischievous scamp that she is, here's breaking in. And she's all yippee about it. <laughs> Let's go tonight. Xander's in. They're going to break into CRD. How exciting. Uh, so Giles goes to scold them for trying to do something illegal. But just then Miss Calendar walks in and he kind of has to cover his tracks. Miss Calendar notices that these kids are here in the library again. Uh, and she's like, well, you kids must love learning. Buffy says, we're literary. Xander says something even dumber. And then I'm, they leave. I'm surprised Xander doesn't have a huge crush on Miss Calendar. Well, he hasn't said anything gross about her. She looks a lot like Miss French. Oh, yeah, she does, actually. Hmm. She's Maybe he's learned his lesson. Maybe it's because she's not evil. Oh, well, we don't know that. Well, he likes Buffy and she's not evil. I think he just likes babes. Understandable. Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't said anything gross about her, and I appreciate him for that. I know. Xander and Buffy leave the library to look for, I don't know, well, what are they doing? They're preparing. They're preparing for tonight when they break into CRD. We flash to Willow in the computer lab, and she, of course, is flirting with Malcolm via e-letter. And I'd like, to, I'd like to say that I used to own a fuzzy purple sweater just like the one she's wearing. I regret the day that I ever gave that to Goodwill. Oh, man. Because it was so good. It just, you know, it was one of those sweaters that kind of grew with you. Really? The one that yeah. was really tiny and then got bigger? Or It was kind of like that, but it was really yeah. fuzzy on the outside. And that was its mm. greatest attribute. Okay, I'm going to buy you a fuzzy purple sweater. Okay. I hope you find it from that Goodwill I gave it to you. I will. So she's flirting with Malcolm by e-letter, and he says, I've never felt this way before. Willow says, I know what you mean. You understand me better than anyone. Malcolm says, I do. Willem, Willem, Willow asks if they should meet, and he agrees, surprisingly, because you would think he wouldn't be into that, because he's been so mysterious thus far. Willow says, see, Buffy just doesn't understand how comfortable you make me feel. Malcolm replies with something a bit troubling. He said, Buffy just makes trouble. That's why she got kicked out of her old school. And Willow's face changes and she stops typing for a moment because she has never shared that information with Malcolm. How does he know about Buffy's permanent record? Mm. So she makes some excuse, signs off, but Malcolm tells her not to go. But she's out. Yeah, so I'm creeped out and she's creeped out. Definitely we're all, we're a red flag. Out. I do like how, because this is so early uh, computer days, that they're typing in full sentences and capitalized letters and punctuation. Oh, yeah. It was before MSN speak. No emojis. No uh, shorthand. No uh, cryptic usernames that no. were like the quotes of songs. Did it's you ever literally... have Hotmail? Did you ever use Hotmail yeah. Messenger? Oh, my yeah, God. of course. I, I used, used to do uh... like angsty song titles. <laughs> Do you remember your first screen name? I was Shy Girl 2007. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> My brother came up with that for me. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> You're That's like, awesome. What was your first one? 
I don't remember exactly because I feel like AOL was my first foray into that and I remember Ooh, you were an early adopter yeah oh yeah I got the CD in the mail so that was <laughs> I mean must have been like middle school and I remember having several accounts oh yeah actually I remember it vividly in fifth grade talking to my classmates on AOL messenger were you not, transparent that they were all you or were you catfishing? no definitely not I think I mean okay a couple screen names I can think of off the top of my head was a moo gal like a cow goes moo <laughs> moo gal <laughs> that sucks i know uh oreo queen was another uh, and then by the time i was older you know i i got onto aim which was where i really thrived uh-huh my main screen name was buckfutter 2041 i think that used to be a reddit name of yours probably <laughs> Gross, I hate that. Fuck butter. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, fine. Why aren't you laughing? Not very wholesome. <laughs> no. This is a family podcast. I know you're a wholesome gal, but the world's a cruel place. Moving on. Moving on. Giles and Miss Calendar are in the library having an argument, and they're arguing, of course, about computers versus books. She's saying that computers aren't a fad, He's saying that just because something is new doesn't mean it's better. People can be manipulated by technology. And my musty books have a great deal more to say than your fabulous web pages. I mean, she makes some good points here about how making knowledge more accessible, right? Which I appreciate. Yeah. And how, you know, when books are in these repositories that are hidden to everyone except old white guys, I'm like, yeah, I'm into that. True. I like it. I like what she's True. saying. Remember the early days of the internet when we were all so hopeful about sharing knowledge before fake news was a thing? Yeah. It kind of bums me out. Fake news has always been a thing, I guess. Propaganda yeah. Has existed. There was so much potential. Yeah, culturally, we were so hopeful. Like, we can connect the world. We can... Yeah. Everyone can voice their opinions. And then Twitter came along. Yeah, and now we're like, was globalization a mistake? No. Oh. No, okay. it's not. Okay. Culture is meant to be shared. Culture okay. and knowledge should be shared. Yeah. Definitely. But she definitely has some good points. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, she's a spicy gal. Yeah. I love that they're just argue flirting. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way we could combine those in a saucy manner. Yeah, hot stuff. Uh, those, those words are too different. Giles says, my musty old books hold a great deal more than any of your web pages. And <laughs> Miss Calendar just then picks up this book that Willow has scanned, which is now blank, and says, this one doesn't have a whole lot more to say. Giles stops in his tracks. He closes the cover and says, it's probably a diary. And then he rushes off into his office holding the book, tries to kind of shoo her away by saying, oh, it's been very nice talking about you. Miss Calendar says, we were fighting. <laughs> so she knows something is up and mm -hmm. Giles is acting very skittish. I don't know if he realizes what has happened or suspects, but let's see. Mm, something's up. Once again, we're in the Sunnydale Courtyard. We hear just kind of a, you hear a lot of, in the show, you hear a lot of kind of side conversations or lines on the side that are really pertinent to the plot, but you don't really realize it at the time. So there's a nurse, she's looking and sounding worried, and she's walking with an admin or another teacher, and she says she checked a student's file, and there's nothing in there about him being allergic to penicillin. So something is whacking up their computer files. And maybe that accounts for Buffy's GPA and birthday being so 
different. Maybe. You're right. Between those two shots. He's just chaos demon. Hmm. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I only know about Moloch, the corruptor. Who is not a chaos demon. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. So Buffy gets stopped by Dave and he apologizes for the incident yesterday in the computer lab when he was telling her to leave Willow alone. And he says, oh, Willow's looking for you right now. I think she's probably waiting in the girl's locker room. So Buffy goes to find Willow. She yeah. gets to the locker room. It's in, empty. In the damn locker room again. Yeah, this is a place where nothing good happens. Mm-mm. Now he's not at nighttime. Well, I guess no, it's, it's not nighttime. The it's clock daytime. Says, yeah, the clock says 3.15. From... It's just dark in there. Like, super dark. Oh, okay. So they were maybe leaving school. Yes. And Willow's looking for her after school. Okay. Mm, that makes sense. So the locker room is empty, and it's dark. And she hears someone turn on a shower and kind of goes to investigate because she thinks maybe it's Willow. Then she's kind of walking through the rows of lockers. She gets to the shower. She sees it running and she goes to turn it off. Just then we see a shot of the light and there's a cable running from the light across the ceiling, down the wall, onto the floor. And there's some frayed wires. I don't know how about how electricity works. Or if this is threatening, but it looks threatening. Definitely threatening when there's live wires and there's water going towards it. So we see this cable and the water is creeping closer and closer as Buffy goes to turn off the shower. She's standing in a puddle of water. And just then, Dave shouts at her to get out. And she sees the surge of electricity as the water reaches it. And she jumps for her life. This jump is hilarious. I mean, it's it's like half jump, half like she was pushed out of it, I think. Like she she was propelled by the electricity. She's like a panther leaping through the air at its prey <laughs> is the way that Buffy jumps. It's like head first, maybe like a high jumper would jump. Yeah. But she's definitely many feet above the ground. She kind of dives out of the shower over a bench and onto the locker room floor. Mm-hmm. And her shoes are smoking as she realizes that someone just tried to electrocute her. I also wonder, if she's wearing shoes, is she going to get electrocuted? Perhaps the rubber soles would have grounded her? That's, that's what I was thinking, and I meant to look it up, and I totally forgot. Again, I don't really know. Yeah. Her shoes were smoking. So I guess she didn't get electrocuted, but I don't know if she would have. Hmm. Let's see. I think they might mention it later. Oh, okay. Missed that, I guess. So in the computer lab, Dave is arguing with the computer. He's not typing. He's just verbally arguing with it while it's typing responses to him. So this thing has maybe reached another level of sentience. Sentience? Sentience. He's telling the computer that he won't do it. Buffy isn't a threat. But the computer replies that the project is almost complete. It makes Dave promises to, you know, have knowledge, power, everything he could ever want. All it wants is Dave's love. Where have we heard this before? Moloch. Moloch, agreed. So the computer responds by opening a notepad app and then starts writing a really creepy suicide note as if it's from Dave. And then we see Dave looking horrified and Fritz appears behind Dave. We cut to the library where Giles, Xander, and Buffy are. Giles has, again, helpfully given Buffy a mug of tea, because he always does when there's an urgent situation. And he says that she was only 
grounded for a moment, but she probably would have died in the locker room if she hadn't been the slayer. Oh. Because she took a decent amount of electricity, judging by her hair. Did you mention the suicide note? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Sorry. Go ahead. You just weren't even listening. Sorry. (laughs) Buffy, getting to the important things, says, tell me the truth. How is my hair? (laughs) And the answer to that is it's wretched. It looks terrible. Yeah. I've never seen her hair look this bad. I mean, honestly, it looks fine. It looks like someone rubbed a balloon on it, and it's a little staticky. No, it's wretched. Okay. Why would Dave have done a thing like that? They're wondering. Giles pulls out a book and explains that in the Dark Ages, certain demons could be locked into the book made totally harmless unless the pages were read aloud. Giles has realized that this demon is Moloch, the corrupter, who draws people into him with promises of power, love, and knowledge. He preys on impressionable young minds. Yeah, he calls them deadly and seductive. Ooh. <laughs> that should be our podcast name. that on my name. tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> podcast name or tombstone? Which Both. is better. Our tombstones <laughs> next to each other. Yeah, of course. So Buffy and Xander are wondering how a demon could be walking around Sunnydale uh, and hasn't been noticed by anybody. Buffy asks where the book was, and Giles replies that it was on the pile of books that Willow scanned into the computer. Oh, yeah. So they all realize at the same time Mm -hmm. that, whoops, we just released a demon. We are figuring it out. And then they realize that Moloch isn't out here. He's in this computer and every computer connected to it by a modem yeah and someone says he's gone binary on us Ooh. <laughs> i don't know who's it reminds that. me it reminds me of zoolander when they realize that <laughs> yeah he's in the computer the files are in the computer oh, yeah. so giles suggests they they delete the scanned file and buffy goes to the computer because obviously giles doesn't know how to work it mm-hmm and she tries to delete the file on the computer that's named Willow, um, but it just reappears. Suddenly, the face of Moloch appears, kind of in pixel form, and tells them to stay away from Willow. Yikes. It's funny that it's, like, his face. <laughs> it's just a pixelated version of his face. It's not, I don't know. It just seems funny to me. I think it's very funny. He looks hilarious. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so now Buffy has seen what Moloch looks like. What Malcolm looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they realize Malcolm and Moloch are the same. One and the same. So he's in the computer, Xander says. What harm can he do? And the gang realizes that he could mess up hospital equipment, traffic signals, access nuclear launch codes. No. Change Buffy's <laughs> grades. <laughs> yeah. So they decide they need to go find Willow. Buffy goes to the computer lab. All of the screens turn on at once when she's in the computer lab, which is freaky. And she's kind of walking backwards throughout the remainder of the computer lab. And suddenly she walks into the body of Dave hanging from the ceiling. Oh, good. With the suicide note that Moloch wrote pinned to his shirt. So I'm just wondering how she didn't see this body hanging up from the rafters as soon as she walked in. Yeah. She's kind of going out of her way to look everywhere but at that point in the room. Yeah. So Xander and Giles try to call Willow to no avail. Buffy walks in and tells them Dave is dead and that she suspects Fritz, the weirdo. 
So they decide they're going to go to Willow's house, and Giles is going to figure out how to get Moloch out of the net. Uh, but since he's bad with computers, he should ask Miss Cal. Yeah, there's no way Giles is doing this on his own. No, without Miss Cal, what's he going to tell her? So Willow arrives home. It's evening. It's dark outside. You see the lovely exterior of the Rosenberg house. Uh, Willow walks in the door and calls out for her parents, but then goes to her bedroom and... This is our first look at Willow's room. I know. What are your thoughts? Well, it's nothing like Buffy's. It looks much more, t- much tidier and orderly and boring. Yeah, actually, it's not as cutesy as I expected. And yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in how average it looks. I bet uh, her parents don't let her decorate like she wants to. She's got oh. like a couple of Razorbacks flags on the wall, but that's it. Well, she's got a bunch of trophies and some ribbons from things she's won. There's, I don't know, some cute lamps. There's a computer with like a wicker chair. There's Ugh, a wicker. Wicker. Man, my mom loved wicker. And oh, I, I had so much wicker yeah. in my room. <laughs> Same. I had a wicker desk, which is not good for a desk, and a wicker chair that broke pretty immediately. I'm all for wicker. Oh, wow. Not huh? as bedroom furniture. I think it's outdoor furniture. I think if you can get like the good stuff you know there's good wicker it's strong it's sturdy you gotta get the amish wicker yeah exactly i didn't have that oh i had the amish wicker maybe that's why i'm a fan oh well yeah yeah we live right by the colonies that makes know, sense Iowa. my mom probably bought it from like pier one. Oh, i would like to point out there's a, a mini keyboard sitting on willow's bed do you think she plays the keyboard <gasps> what do you think she won trophies in keep the keyboard probably spelling bees yeah, probably not many sports. Math Olympiads. You know, I bet she's actually not that bad at sports. Well, we have yet to see. I know, but she's, she seems like she could be pretty athletic. She doesn't seem non-athletic. Yeah, she doesn't seem interested in it. But yeah. when they played dodgeball that one episode, she wasn't like the first one out. Ooh, that's a good point. She, she did get decked in the face by Xander. Yeah. And she participated. Like, she wasn't just standing in the back waiting to get out. Yeah, like the cool girls. Or the girls who are afraid. So we're in Willow's disappointingly (laughs) average room, and she gets a notification on her computer. And I made a note because it wasn't AOL's iconic, you've got mail. Mm -hmm. It was, you have mail. Yeah. Did AOL exist at this point, 97? I think, maybe not. I don't know. Either way, they can't use that in the show, right? They just had to go with a generic message. You have mail. She sees that it's a message from who else but Malcolm, and he says, I need you to see me. And she's kind of wigged out. She just shuts the computer off and goes back to unpacking her backpack. But then there's a new message, which startles her because, well, now the computer is off. And how is this message getting through? Then there's some suspenseful music, and the doorbell rings. She looks outside to see who's there, and there's no one. So she turns to head back inside, and out pops Fritz, out of nowhere, puts his arm around her, covers her mouth with a handkerchief, and she passes out. Ugh. Man, Moloch is good, is lucky to have gotten Fritz in on this, because that guy's a psycho. He's an evil minion. Yeah, he's probably killing small animals before this. Oh my god, he's definitely... Showing signs of being a, yeah. a serial killer. Now he is sociopath. I didn't believe, I couldn't believe it 
key was hiding outside, so I had to go back to a shot of the exterior of the Rosenberg house to see where he could have been hiding. So I was like, oh, there's no columns, but there are two large shrubs mm. outside that he might have been behind. But he yeah. pops out really fast after Willow has a look. Believable. He's dastardly, he's dastardly and stealthy. So what happens next? Um, oh, we're back in the library, and Giles is listening to the radio, uh, which is w- one of those conversations you'd mentioned earlier about people having kind of background conversations that are relevant to the plot yeah yeah it's talking about um like computer errors and how all the serial killers files have mysteriously disappeared or something so yeah like insinuating malcolm has a farther malcolm or uh, Malik has a farther reach than just sunnydale mm. also yeah, he's in the vatican and the fbi yeah also do you know whose voice that is I do because I looked up this video. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's Joss Whedon. It's Joss Whedon. Yeah, so Miss Calendar walks in saying she got Giles's message and uh, he says he needs her help and she's gonna have to believe something quite unbelievable. And he tells her there's a demon in the internet. But she totally already knows. <laughs> she's like, Yeah, duh. Did she do it? Did she put a demon in the internet? Which I guess they already figured out what happened but <laughs> i didn't even consider that he might have suspected her i i don't think he did i i guess i had a moment because of her nonchalance that i don't know and she she almost had like a is she evil kind of vibe but Ooh. she I, I think i'm just making something up here do you think she's been trying to do anything about it or do you think she was kind of just like well yep demons in there what do we do well i mean they have a conversation about this where uh, she says it's probably a mischief demon and Giles tells her who it is. It's Moloch. And she responds, oh, the corrupter? Why didn't I think of that? So clearly she's in the know and she's maybe been thinking about this already. She's been doing research and, she, you know, she didn't know who she was hanging out with. She didn't know she was hanging out with the Slayer and her Watcher. Ooh. I know. And maybe she's a Watcher too. Is there more than one Watcher? I don't know. I just, who else has this knowledge? So far, we know that Giles the Watcher has it, so. Well, hold on. She's going to go on to explain. Yeah, it's true. Keep going. Giles says what they're all thinking. He says, like, how did you know this? And she explains it by saying, it was obvious to her because she's a computer teacher at a high school. And I'm like, that, no, that, no. (laughs) But then she says, she's a techno-pagan. That I can get behind. Did you know that techno-paganism is real? Tell me more has a wikipedia page tell me everything <laughs> technopaganism i'm only going to give you a one sentence description mm, okay technopaganism is the merging of neopaganism and ma- magic ritual with digital technologies yeah i mean i guess you gotta evolve with society i don't exactly understand what it means but uh i'm into it well i think we kind of dabble in it later in this episode oh i thought you meant we personally dabble in it well we could hope so yeah once we turn these mics off we turn each other if we read each other's tarot cards (laughs) (laughs) yeah is that make us techno pagans i'm a techno pagan (laughs) (laughs) oh man we're gonna get so much hate from the techno pagan community i know they're tuning into this podcast in this episode in particular (laughs) i'm sure they're big buffy fans i bet how i mean they they popularized techno paganism clearly it probably yeah. was invented after this episode was created. Yeah. People were like, ooh, techno-pagan. That sounds like fun. Is that what it says on the wiki page? No, it said it was referenced in Buffy, though. Oh, okay. 
That makes sense that they didn't make it up for this episode. No. Well, we also have Buffy and Xander who are at Willow's house and they have uh, arrived. They found the front door open, which is worrying, and they're looking for Willow, but they can't find her. Um, And they just see that email um, that Willow was looking at from Malcolm on her computer screen. Xander suggests CRD um, is Malcolm's home base and that's where they're headed. Um, so in the library, Miss Calendar and Giles, they get into research mode and then the phone rings and it's Buffy calling from a payphone, telling him to hurry. Oh, I also want to say that Buffy's wearing a very fun jacket before she was wearing like a fuzzy brown one. And now it's like a leopard print, I believe. She's definitely worn this before. Oh, she has. Was there, no, was there a tiger print jacket? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, she owns many great jackets. I know. Okay, so now we're at CRM and Willow uh, wakes up from her chloroformed slumber and looks around and sees like computers and shit and one of them lights up and welcomes her and then something totally ridiculous happens. Uh, It's like that Marvel movie um, Age of Ultron, you know, when the computer basically built itself a body. Or I guess I did not, I did Fritz. not see that movie. <laughs> well, this is the plot, okay? The computer becomes sentient and builds a body and then is evil. So, oh yeah, there's also Fritz and some guy in a lab coat there too. And yeah. they grab her as Malcolm slash Moloch is talking about, you know, whatever. Um, and he, his body is, it's basically looks like his old body, but, uh, you know, a techno version of it. Yeah, he looks like a sci-fi android. Like, instead of red contacts, he's got red laser eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of twisty goat horns, he's got twisty wiring and cables Mm. sticking out from his head. It's a brilliant reincarnation. It's incredible. He's also very tall. So, yeah, uh, and then what he does next is he snaps Fritz's neck. Dang dog. That was, you know, so easy. Whatever. Fuck off, Fritz. Which is probably better for the world. It just seems like... You know, sucks for Dave, who died. Dave's dead now. <laughs> Dave's dead. He's not going to know. Yeah. Yeah, so outside we see Buffy gracefully jump down from a fence, and then Xander just falls, and which is funny. <laughs> and Buffy kicks a door open. And then we're kind of cutting back and forth between these three scenes of, like, Buffy and Xander, and then Willow and those dudes, and then Miss Calendar and Giles in the library. So it's like... In the library, Miss Calendar's lighting candles and says they need to form the Circle of Kalis. At CRM, they're continuing to talk. Will asks what he wants from her, and he says he wants to give her the world and repay her. And she's basically just scolding him, which I love. And he's like, you didn't love me. Buffy punches a security guard, and then they see oh. like a monitor for the cameras, and they see what's happening to Willow. Yeah. And so they know. I guess they know where to go now. Uh, Malcolm is describing to Willow that he can see what's happening on different screen, screens all over the world. And right now, a man in Beijing is transferring money on a contract on his mother's life. Good for him, he says. Rude. <laughs> it's a weird line. Yeah, it is weird. But so Buffy, they find the room where Willow is, I guess, apparently. And Buffy is having trouble opening the door. She says she can't bust it open because it's heavy steel. And then alarms start blaring and the lights kind of turn off or flicker Buffy looks up and sees a security camera and they put two and two together and then gas starts spraying into the hallway. So I guess Moloch is on double duty here trying to woo Willow and get rid of everyone else. 
And he's watching that man in Beijing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the library, Giles and Miss Calendar have formed a, quote, circle with her internet buds. Um, so this is, I think, the techno-pagan ritual going on here. He starts reading the same chant we heard at the beginning of, this, uh, of the episode, that spell to bind Moloch. I love that he's just reading it and Miss <laughs> Calendar is it. just typing it. Yeah, and he's like correcting her spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy's trying to open the door, but the gas is weakening them. Willow is begging him to leave, let her leave, and she's got tears in her eyes. She's a, such a good crier. And he says, no, I love you. Uh, you're mine. And she says, I'll never be yours. And then he kind of like powers down, it looks like. He just says, pity. So clearly he's not too torn up about it. Uh, Willow should have just pretended. She have just gone along with it, probably. She's angry. She's he, not no. holding back on him. See, she's strong. I agree. So Buffy and Xander are just like slowly falling asleep in the hallway. Uh, Giles and Miss Calendar are binding Moloch now. And Moloch is screaming uh, as he's like going to kill Willow. She's also screaming because he's got his hand on her head about to kill her. And then Buffy and Xander suddenly get inside the room. Not sure how that happened. But Buffy goes right in for a flying kick and really commits to it. <laughs> she, she like lands both feet on Moloch and then it just kind of makes a hollow tinny noise and she falls to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and she then, hardly budges him at all. Yeah, no, he's he's big. Uh, Moloch is screaming because he's being bound. Xander punches a lab coat guy in the face and he's very excited about it because he says, hey, I got to hit someone. In the library, uh, the computer screen is on the fritz. It's kind of just flashing colors. And then when it's done, Miss Calendar says, Oh, we did it. He's out of the net. He's bound. And then Giles picks up the book, realizing it's still blank. And so that means Moloch isn't in the book. So where Uh is he? The binding still didn't work. I know. But we see Moloch is actually still in his metal body. And he is bound. He's just not bound in the same way. Uh, Molly kind of crashes through a wall. And he he backhands Xander, which is hilarious. Uh, and tries the same thing with Buffy. But obviously she handles it a little better. And he explains that he's now trapped in that body. And uh, Willow starts hitting him with a fire extinguisher. And saying she thinks they should break up. But hopes that they can still be friends. <laughs> Molly just kind of flicks her away. And then he goes to punch Buffy again. But... Being the Slayer, she's got a plan, and she moves out of the way, and then he hits an electrical box and fries himself. And that's how we defeated Moloch. I think he shouldn't have told her that he was bound no. just to this body. That's like the classic villain explaining the whole evil plot while giving the heroes time to escape. Yeah. And suddenly he's no better than the rest of us, all bound to our stupid bodies. <laughs> Mortality. But I love Buffy's plan because she learned a little lesson about electricity earlier in this episode. And she oh, put it to good use. I didn't even put that together. Oh, yeah. She gets him with the high voltage Duh. box that he punches into. She's so smart. I know. Such practical intelligence she has. She's such a fast learner. I know. Yeah, so he gets zapped into oblivion. Yes. And then his it's head just kind of rolls toward them. Oh, yeah. His head pops off. Yeah. I don't know why, but... Do you think he's all robot, or do you think he's... No, I think he's probably all robot. There's not any human in there, like, 
no demon form no definitely no guts not. yeah no definitely he, he was a computer and then he was computer a parts a made into a body we shall be so lucky well we're <laughs> wrapping up we're wrapping up and we are in the computer lab and we join miss calendar who is definitely wearing a halter top and with a leather jacket on top oh my gosh she's so cool dude <laughs> Her Don't hair's amazing. It. Her lipstick. Oh, she does have good lipstick, man. It's like a matte maroon, and it, she, it looks really good on her. She's the hottest character in in Sunnydale. Whoa! Time. Hotter than Buffy. Yeah. Hotter than Cordy. Yeah. Wow. She's got the experience of age. Yeah, she's got to be like twenty six years old. <laughs> How old do you think she is? Please be older, because if she's going to be flirting with Giles, she needs to be at least in her thirties. Let's okay. say 32. Okay. I can appreciate that. How old is Giles? 50. 45. No, I don't think he's that old. Yeah, maybe in his 40s. High 40s. I don't Although know. his skin looks really good. 45. 45 and 32? That's all right. It's still a big age difference. We're not here to judge. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so Giles just came by to give her her lost earring um, from last night apparently and they get into Giles's aversion to computers and he says he doesn't like their smell books smell musty and rich knowledge that come from uh, knowledge that comes from computers has no texture it should be tangible smelly and Miss Gallander's like mm, whatever and she calls him old-fashioned and he responds well I don't dangle a corkscrew from my ear because that's what her earring was and she says that's not where I dangle it. Saucy. Damn. Where does she, it's a long earring. It's like yeah. at least two and a half inches long. Yeah, where is, is she dangling that? Is it a belly button ring? It must be belly button. Where else would it be? Vagina ring? I don't know. How is she it's gotta losing? be belly button. That is not a vagina ring. I don't know. I've never seen one. <laughs> I bet she has her nipples pierced, at least. Nipple that, and belly button. Okay, she might have them pierced, but that is not a nipple ring. That's huge. No. You would totally see that in that her, <laughs> her shirt. It would be so uncomfortable. It'd be flinging around. It's got to be a belly button ring. It must be. Yeah. Um, but Giles, Giles is hot and bothered by this. Oh yeah, he, takes he just his glasses off, kind of, <clears throat> and then he puts his glasses back on. Yeah, he just blinks. She gives him saucy eyes. <laughs> And then last scene, Scoobies are hanging out by the fountain and Willow's bummed out because the one guy who's liked her was a demon slash robot. Uh, and Buffy, who is wearing some ridiculous sunglasses, uh, says her honey's a vampire and Xander's crush was a praying mantis. And they all laugh and laugh about being doomed. <laughs> and never will they have a normal relationship. Their laughter slowly kind of like turns into sadness and they're just like, Oh man, what is our life? What, what? Please don't forget, Buffy also dated a bowl of oatmeal. Previously. That's right. <laughs> worst one yet. Aww. <laughs> no, I think the Shamantas was the worst. She They're tried all to bad. mate with Xander and then eat his head. It's a funny ending. What did you Full think credits. about this episode? I love it. I think oh. it's great. I love that Willow gets a bit more time to shine. And I love that we kind of focus on giles and this new character's relationship i mean i like it i like I mean, yeah i mean i said this at the beginning but i like your favorite yeah it i mean i actually didn't like this episode at all i think this is my least favorite so far really even worse than the pack i think so yeah controversial I know. yep i have a nomination for the best 
girl power moment. And what is the it? only nomination I have. It's when Willow is smashing Moloch in the face with the fire <laughs> extinguisher because he's used her, he's abused her, he said he <laughs> loved her, and he didn't love her, he was just using her. I know. And if she only extracted if only, her revenge and anger on him. Yeah. Which I loved. If only uh, she had been the one to kill him, but that's all right. She doesn't need that uh, on her conscience. That would have been nice. Yeah. We need to update our our death count following this episode. Yeah. Because there were two additional mm-hmm. student deaths. Yeah, Fritz and Dave. So in eight short episodes, four Sunnydale High students have died. Oh, my God. That that's a bad... Oh, you know what? I think Four's I know why... a lot. Yeah, dude, that's so many. Also, this is episode eight, so you could presume it's been like eight weeks. We're almost done with this season. Oh, no. Yeah. There's 12 episodes total. We're two-thirds of the way there. All right. Well, it's just season one. The rest get longer. Okay. Yeah. It's still very exciting. I have a best girl power moment as well. Oh, do you? What is mm-hmm. it? Uh, it was when Miss Calendar was on uh, ranting about uh, the patriarchy and whatnot. It was good. Yeah. Very ahead yeah, of her time. Her. Yeah, she's- Knowledge should be for everyone. I know. Books shouldn't just be for stuffy old white men. Giles. I, I also... Do you, think they, do you think either of them realize they like each other at this point? Because I can tell they kind of do. I think Giles just clued into it at the end of this episode. I think Miss Callender was aware of it immediately. Because she's been... Right. She's yeah, been roping she's been that really, dope. <laughs> she's, I don't know what that means. <laughs> she's been really challenging him. But when he heard about the dangly earring, it was mm. like, oh... Oh, sweet lord. She finally got him with that. I, I have another piece of trivia, and then I think Ooh. you should read your fan fiction. Okay, what's your trivia? We met Miss Calendar this episode, yeah. and although her first name is not mentioned, the script called her Nikki. Ooh. However, that name was then changed to avoid confusion on the set, apparently, because the cast and crew all called Nicholas Brendan by his nickname, Nikki. I think they just go around calling him Nikki? Yeah. Nikki Brendan? Nikki Brendan. Yeah, it's kind of cute. (laughs) Um, I can't wait till we learn her first name. I hope. I know. What is it? What do you think it is? It's not Nikki. It's probably Constance. (laughs) 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 Maybe she's from a very religious home, Petunia. I'm sorry to keep Petunia. I like that. I'm sorry to keep (laughs) delaying the fan fiction. I know people are really chomping at the bit here, but I forgot. I also have a pop quiz question for you. Pop quiz. Let's go. Okay. Um, I actually Hit chose me. a few, so let me let me think about. Oh, you only get one. I, oh man. Okay. I mean, did you pick a few in case I already mentioned one of the answers? Like, mm. what is Malcolm's last name? How old is he? No, I didn't choose any of those. I feel I just feel like okay, you're you're probably not gonna get that one because it's impossible. Give me a chance. What you want the impossible one? No, I want okay. a, I want a chance to get it right. <laughs> Give me the medium one. The me okay the medium one. <laughs> Okay, this is the medium one. So we learned the the computer research lab used to be the third largest employer in Sunnydale. Do you remember what Xander's uncle did when he worked there? He swept the floors. That's right. He was a janitor. Ah, you got it. I got that. I thought you were going to ask me what it was called again, and I don't remember that information. I almost did, but I decided that was too hard. Let's see. That brings me up to two points. You want to hear the hard Caitlin? question? Yeah, I do. What is it? When Giles and Miss Calendar formed a uh, the virtual circle of Kalis um, uh-huh. online, 
the people who answered their call were in which four cities? Name oh, that's one. hard. Or four locations. I think one was in Hawaii. Wow, yeah. There's one in Santa Fe. No. Close. San Diego? No. Fart, what were the four? <laughs> Hawaii, Vancouver, Denver, and Mexico City. Ugh, Mexico City, of course. <laughs> Oh my god, Hawaii. That's a hard question. I mean, you got one. I don't. I wouldn't have gotten any of them. As I was watching the episode, I was like, maybe I should write these down in case Caitlin asks me about <laughs> it. <laughs> no, no studying allowed. The pop quiz is going to reach new heights after this. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they always need to be achievable. So I know that our fans are chomping at the bit <laughs> to hear this fan fiction that I've picked up from you. And it's quite a long one, so I'm just going to read the first two chapters which are pretty short if you like it maybe i will read more chapters at a later date oh i'm excited so, uh, maybe it'll end on a cliffhanger this one is called another girl's life by eric bloodstone and the synopsis is an unknown magician switches the bodies of cordelia and willow and they try to figure out who cordy is horrified and willow is frightened chapter one Willow Rosenberg was trying not to cry. The jerk had accidentally knocked her books out of her hands. Nearby, Cordelia had of course laughed at her court along with her. Miss Cordelia Chase, the queen of Sunnydale High, was tall and impossibly beautiful. She was the second runner-up in the Miss Teen California contest. Willow smiled sardonically. Cordelia was clueless why she lost. No one else was. It was Cordelia's unpleasant, arrogant personality. Come on, let's go, she ordered her followers, other cheerleaders and hanger-ons. They all obeyed. They were all afraid of Cordelia, who was the number one girl in the food chain at Sunnydale High. Willow got up after gathering her books, sighing. What a life. What a life. <laughs> she was the number one student in her class in grades. But did that count? Universities and even Bill Gates had shown interest in her because of her computer skills. But did any of the kids care? Hardly. Then there was Xander. She had loved him since they were six. Did he love her? Hardly. He mooned over every other sexy girl in school. Still, she was his best friend. At least she had that. Buffy kept urging her to tell Xander how she felt, but she couldn't. She knew that he would just laugh or something, and she couldn't risk losing what she had. They had a pop quiz in math, and everyone but her groaned. The highest score anyone received was 50%, except for her. She was sorry she had got a hundred when the teacher made a point at laughing at the other students. Why can't you be more like Willow? Why, do you think we all want to be freaks without a life? asked Cordelia coldly. Miss Chase, you would do well to apply yourself. I do, in the important things, Mr. Brent. She smiled dazzlingly and all the boys in school went into a coma and all the girls burned with envy. <laughs> She rose gracefully to her five foot nine height and the light caught her long lustrous black hair with the hundred dollar styling. Clearly this boy has never been to a salon because hundred dollar styling is not that much. <laughs> yeah, Maybe in 97 it was, but times have changed. As she regally and gracefully filed out of the classroom, Cordy was aware of three things. Two of them felt good. All the boys desired and worshiped her and all the girls were envious and jealous. That was the way things should be. The third one was not as welcome. She was unnecessarily nasty to Willow and Xander. 
Willow in particular had never done anything to deserve it and was hardly a danger to her dominance of, of the social and political scene. They, along with Buffy, had even saved her life once from a vampire. Cordelia knew that she shouldn't, but she could not help herself. She went over to Willow and in front of the kids from the class and in the hallway said, Everyone, behold Willow, the boy anti-magnet, the boy repeller. Everyone laughed and Willow flushed crimson. Chapter 2 Cordelia woke up with the feeling that something wasn't right. It was hard to say exactly what, but there was something wrong. She opened her eyes and knew for certain that something was very wrong. She wasn't in her bed, or her bedroom for that matter. Looking around, she didn't see anything that was remotely familiar, except there was a pair of yellow overalls laying on the chair. Overalls that were definitely and infinitely memorable for their sheer bad taste and uncoolness. Willow's overalls that she'd worn the day before. Lying over what was presumably Willow's chair in Willow's bedroom? Well, this is too weird. What am I doing here? She looked around for Willow, but didn't see her. Had someone slipped something into her coffee at the bronze, and had she gone crazy enough to have a sleepover with Willow? So Cordelia rose from the bed to have a look in the mirror. She always liked to look in the mirror in the morning. (laughs) Willow's room could be distinguished easily from Cordelia's merely by the fact that she didn't even have a dozen mirrors artfully scattered around the room. Finally, Cordelia found a mirror behind the closet door and then screamed. And again, and then for a third time, just for good measure. (laughs) Willow, honey, are you okay? Oh my God, it was Willow's mother. Fine, Mom, croaked Cordelia. I just had a nightmare, which was like too true. I'm sorry, dear, but you're awake now. Come down when you're ready. You don't want to be late for school. Oh no, replied Cordelia in Willow's sweet voice. This was seriously way worse than anything Cordelia had had to face before. Being victimized as a cheerleader, losing the Miss Teen California contest, attacked by a vampire after her blood, none of this was remotely as terrible as turning into Willow Rosenberg. Not that Willow wasn't quite sweet in her own sad, unfashionable, and terminally shy, uncool way, but to be her, like forever? How much of a curse was that? With that magical word, curse, Cordelia relaxed a little. Of course, this was like the hellmouth. Weird stuff happened all the time. Admittedly, this was a little more weird than usual, but that was there was probably a way to be re-Cordelia'd. She just had to get to the library, get Giles to chant some spell or something, and presto! Hello, beautiful Cordelia. Goodbye, plain, uncool, unpopular Willow Rosenberg. Willow's wardrobe. Yuck, what a wasteland. Cordelia had yet to find an outfit that she could possibly consider the leaving the room wearing. There was nothing, nada. Then, as she was just about to give up and either stay in Willow's bedroom for the rest of her life or go to school wearing rejects from Kmart, Cordelia discovered something that verged on wearable. A long black skirt and matching v-neck top. Not exactly high fashion, admitted Cordelia. Barely middle fashion, but wearable. What monster could have done this for her? And the thought that came reluctantly is if she had Willow's body, did Willow have her body? And if she did, what would she do with it? What a nightmare. Willow was so clueless. She would ruin Cordelia's reputation. Calm down, Cordy, she ordered herself. It'll be okay. Calm down. 
She went to breakfast. Glumly, she clomped down the stairs. At least Willow's ugly shoes were comfortable. Willow's mother was, as she remembered, as uncool as Willow, and her clothes were so dull. But Mrs. Rosenberg smiled at who she thought was her daughter, and Cordy had to reluctantly admit that it was a motherly smile that made her feel strangely good. Breakfast? asked Mrs. Rosenberg. Cordelia smiled inside. Here's your chance to pig out. Willow is so skinny, it wouldn't matter anyway. How about some bacon and eggs? She piped up in Willow's soft, sweet voice. Very funny, Willow Rosenberg. Bacon indeed. You've been spending too much time with your Gentile friends. Shit, thought Cordy, looking <laughs> around at the menorah and other weird things. I'm Jewish. Oh my god. And that's that's the end of the first two chapters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I love I that. Love, I love the idea of Willow and Cordelia switching bodies. Because I Willow know. is going to be equally terrified. I would love to hear Willow's perspective next next time. Okay. Next time it's your turn. Sure. I'll, I'll read some more. That was lovely. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I'm glad. Well, anything else to add about this episode or the next? Nope. Not at all. I just spilled a drink on myself. (laughs) (laughs) I will say hearing that fan fiction about uh, Cordy made me miss her presence in this episode. I feel like she's been lacking. I miss every episode where Cordy's (sighs) not a main component. I I know. We get a Cordelia episode next. Please, next one, be Cordy heavy. Please, please, please. I don't even know what's next. All right. We'll see next week. We'll find out. Next time on Just Slayin'. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Just Slayin' Pod. And you can email all of your buffy questions and comments to us at JustSlayin'Pod at gmail.com. That's right. Until, Until next, next time. time. Happy hunting. Later, Slayers. He's gone binary on us. Oh.